0: Hey guys, welcome back to One More Thing Podcast. Um, I'm Maya. And I'm Miranda. And we wanted to start off this episode by addressing um, a really huge development in the BLM movement, and that is um, the status of Breonna Taylor's case. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, on March 13th, 2020, Louisville Police in Kentucky entered Brianna Taylor's apartment and shot her dead in her own home. They used a no-knock warrant that was signed by a Jefferson County circuit judge. Um, and it was based off of um, misrepresentations and misinformation. And as a result, uh, Breonna Taylor lost her life. She was a full-time ER technician and a former emergency medical technician. Um, her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker was also in the apartment at the time Um, and ever since her murder, um, members of the Black Lives Matter movement have been calling for, um, Kentucky officials to reopen her case. There's been a development in her case, um, that we want to talk about. Um, so on September 23rd, a state grand jury indicted, um, one of the officers in Breonna Taylor's, um, murder. Initially, I think there were, um... Like three main officers involved, and on September twenty third, um, only one of the officers involved was indicted, and they weren't indicted for um, you know murdering Brianna Taylor, but they were indicted on three counts of wanton endangerment um, for endangering the neighbors of Brianna Taylor um, while they murdered her in her own home. So, um, obviously, by my tone, you can tell that I don't really think that that's justice. Um, I think it's honestly a slap in the face to charge one of the officers involved with wanton endangerment, not of Breonna Taylor, um, of the woman who was murdered in her own home, but, um, endangerment of the people around her because they were shooting into her apartment. So basically it doesn't carry any sort of justice for Breonna Taylor in my eyes, um, no one is being held accountable for her murder. I think it's really disgusting. Um, Some people might view this, some people might disagree with me and view this as a step in the right direction, at least, you know, an officer is being held accountable for something that they did. Um, But in my eyes, this indictment doesn't at all address the issue that we're facing, the issue that um, members and supporters of Black Lives Matter have been advocating for from the beginning. Um, In my eyes, this is not justice for Breonna Taylor. Um, And in a lot of ways, I feel like it is the opposite. So we wanted to take some time um, from our podcast this week to talk to you about that and talk about the importance of highlighting um, the stories of Black women who are just as impacted um, by the injustices in our injustices in our society um, as Black men, and oftentimes they're more impacted. The most undervalued person in society is the Black woman, and that is shown time and time again by the way that um, social justice movements um, and society in general tend to erase the stories of Black women. Um, They tend not to be, their stories tend not to be highlighted. They, people tend to not advocate for them. And as two Black women um, hosting this podcast, we thought that it was important to address that and address the fact that um, Black women aren't treated equally in really anyway, but it's highlighted um in movements like this where you hear tons of stories unfortunately about black men being murdered but the black women who who are murdered um don't really get the same energy. So, um yeah, with that Miranda, do you want to share your thoughts?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts and a, like seems like a little to say, you know, just because it's just so overwhelming with how like you said a slap in the face but it just feels worse than that like it feels like a slap and i was spit on and kicked at like it yeah. just feels so intense of wow like society really doesn't care about me or yeah, like people really. that look like me um it just blows my mind and i remember like seeing posts on instagram of just like you know like the cop was more or less charged for damaging her apartment like rather than herself you know and it's just crazy like how devalued we are by society um and I think the thing that bothers me the most or puts it to perspective for me is like what if this was me or what if this was Maya? Would with the people we know ride for us and, you know, speak up for us as much as NBA players and athletes are speaking up for Brianna Taylor. Like would my friends who don't look like me speak up for me, especially like my white counterparts? And it just makes me think of like how like you said, we're so undervalued in society nowadays and we struggle like one for being black, and we struggle for being a woman, like intersectionality is so real, and you don't get that unless you're in it
0: yeah i, I completely agree that's I mean that's something that I talk to my mom about all the time. It's like you kind of are dealt like two bad hands
1: <laughs> right
0: like, obviously like I, I i i just to be clear, I love being a woman, i oh, for sure <laughs> i I love it, um I think it's. It's a good time over here. People should <laughs> join the club. I don't know. That was weird, but <laughs> um, I do. I, I love being a woman. I love more than anything being black. I love my culture. I love um, my family, my community. But I mean, you can't ignore the fact that you're kind of dealt a double whammy, right? Like women fought so long for so long and so hard for rights. We fought, and we're still fighting as women to be mm-hmm. seen and treated equal to men. And then you add on top of that, that other layer, the intersectionality that you were talking about of being Black and being Black in America is, at, at this point, probably the worst thing you could be, I guess. Like, we're just treated so poorly. Um, no one advocates for us. Nobody, you know, no one cares. It's just, it's, it's honestly extremely demoralizing. And I think, I want to be clear, too, that we're not, like, just being like weird and apathetic and like making light of this, like it truly is. We wanted you guys to like hear our reactions to this pretty close in time to um, when everything went down. And I think uh, I think I can speak for both of us when I say that there is just this feeling of like being so exasperated, just like so tired, so sick of saying the same stuff over and over. So sick of having the same conversation over and over and, you know, trying and like trying to, stay active in the movement, Try to trying to raise awareness and make sure that people are still keeping their energy up. Like it's tiring. And um, I think we're honestly tired, but yeah. I would be remiss to not at least, at the very least, acknowledge Breonna Taylor, acknowledge the incredible life that she lived, a life that she like dedicated to serving others. Like she was literally out there saving lives, like doing the work that most people could never do. Um, Only to have her life cut short by, you know, an instrument of our disgusting and like depraved and broken society and the institution of policing as a whole. So I'm pretty upset about it, but um, I think more than anything, we just wanted to keep her name in your guys' ears as much as possible. Um, If you haven't read about her story, you definitely should. Uh, it's really harrowing. It's very scary. The idea that um, an officer can burst into your home in the middle of the night while you're asleep in bed and kill you is horrifying, and it's not something to be taken lightly. And it's if it, you should be worried about the precedent that um, Breonna Taylor's case has set, because now more than ever, um, you know it's not safe to be black in your own home. So we wanted to um, carve out a moment, um, a full minute, we're going to take a full minute, 60 seconds to acknowledge um, and celebrate and, you know, think about and internalize the life of Breonna Taylor. Um, And we want you as our listeners to join us in doing that. So I am going to start a timer for 60 seconds. And yeah, I just want us to like, sit in silence and remember her and think about the impact um, that her life has left. So I'm starting it now. All right. So that was um, 60 seconds in honor of Brianna Taylor. Thank you for taking that time um, to think about her and um, pay your respects.
1: Thank you guys for just taking the time to listen to our thoughts and feelings and what we've been experiencing over the past couple of days um, and, you know, what we experience in our everyday lives, to be honest. And I'm just grateful that we have this platform to share our experiences as black women and lift up others in our community who need help and support as much as we do. And so if you need or want more information about Black Lives Matter movement or just any resources you can do to help your community and um, your black friends and family, go check out our podcast Instagram at one more thing pod. Or check us out on Twitter, OMTPod. We'll have more resources for you guys there. And now tune in to our next episode.
0: Episode 10. Yay. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Bye. Hey guys, welcome back to One More Thing Podcast. I'm sure you guys really enjoyed our roast the past couple of weeks. Um, I know I enjoyed roasting Maya our friendship has never been the same since, though, so, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, but we don't this... talk anymore. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we actually hate each other now. No, just... <laughs> this week, we have everyone back again for our 10th episode. Can't believe we made it this far, you know, we started this in March. It's been a long, good um, six months, so, wait, was it March? Or did I, I just make that up? April
0: Was the first one April? We should know. It hasn't been that long. Okay, yeah. It really I mean, has not know. been
1: that I have long. no idea. It's fine. Either way, we have the whole gang back again. And today we have a lot of fun stuff in store. But before we get started with our debate and our topic of the day, we're actually going to take a moment to talk about voting and registering to vote. Maya, you want to take it away?
0: <clears throat> yes. So let's talk about voting. Obviously y'all should vote. Like, It's just ridiculous at this point. I shouldn't have to tell you that you need to get out and vote. Um, given the current state of our world, it's more important now than ever before to like go out and use the power that you have um, to try to make a change. So um, we're huge advocates for voting. All of us vote. Um, and we think it's super important. So we just wanted to talk a little bit about Um, our experiences with voting in the past and what we're going to do this year um, for maybe the most important election in history. Um, So, yeah, what are all of you guys doing um, for voting?
2: I guess I'll go my plan of action to vote is to vote early. Um, I did request a mail-in ballot just in case um, anything goes wrong. Um, But I don't trust that's... So I'm going to vote early, and that's my plan. Yeah, I think
0: that's a good way to do it. I feel like why, like the earlier, the better. Like, why not? I feel like the closer you get to election day, the more likely it is that your ballot will either not be counted or it just won't be given to you, and that's what happened to me last year. So I think voting early is probably the way to go. What about you guys, Tori, Miranda, Nicole?
3: I'll go. Um, I'm actually going to be voting by mail as well. I know there's a lot of polling places near me. But just knowing that COVID is still around and that many poll workers are much older people, I don't want to expose them to anything. I don't want to expose myself. So I'll be voting safely from the comfort of my home. This will be the second time I'm voting by mail. Um, In the last presidential election, I actually voted in person because I was still in college at the time and there was a really convenient polling place near us. And I actually didn't have to wait in any line at all. I basically walked in. I had with me a piece of paper that told me which representatives like local government to vote for and which local props to vote for because um, I just didn't want to confuse anything. Um, But that was the last time I voted in person. Last year I voted or the last midterm election I voted by mail. So this year I will also vote by mail.
4: Yeah, I also requested a mail-in ballot, um, but I'm thinking they'll probably drop it off at a polling place because I don't know if I would trust my ballot getting there in time via mail because um, for the 2016 election, I actually was abroad in London, so I had to vote by mail, and I honestly don't think my ballot was counted at all. I don't even know if we made it in time, um, so I think that's going to be my plan of action for this election. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for me, luckily I'm still on a college campus, so we have a lot of options to vote and to vote early. So I think I'll vote in person, but I definitely registered um, to vote by mail as well, just in case something happens and there's not enough polling places or there's an influx of COVID on our campus. I have that option as well. But I'm really excited because it seems like there's been a lot more talk about voting this year than in past years. And Obviously, there's a lot on the line for our country. And so it's really cool to see a lot of people coming together and sharing resources. Like, honestly, I feel like if you're 18 and up, like, you have no excuse to not vote this year because it's in our face every day of the importance to vote and the resources to register to vote. I think, too, like,
0: weirdly, I feel like in 2016, we all, not that we weren't aware, but at least I can speak for myself and saying that, like, I just truly didn't believe how shitty things could get. Like, I was like, you know what? I did not, like, in my mind, I was like, okay, Donald Trump, the man who, like, was on The Apprentice, like, there's no way he's going to be our fucking, like, there's no way. I was like, that's silly. So I I, I did want to vote, and I thought it was important to vote, but I didn't take it as seriously as I am this year, and I think that's, I mean, honestly, like, I was four years younger um, in 2016, I was literally 20 years old and I just didn't really care. And I was like, oh, well, even if my vote doesn't count, like, whatever, like, it's still not going to, like, the like whatever happened is not going to happen. I didn't think it would happen. But um, now I think we have been shown that truly anything can happen. The election can really go either way. Um, it's funny. I think me and Lissa were actually together on election night. 2016 and I can tell the story. Yeah. Like I will never forget it. Tell
2: it. I, so me and Maya went out to a birthday dinner, um, that night. I remember we all were kind of on edge about the election, but we were at this dinner and we were like, let's just be in each other's company. This might be our last night, like good night out together." We're walking into this restaurant and we're passing the restaurant bar and we see the election results at that time which shows that Trump is winning. We all look at each other. We were like, oh my God. We walked to the train and we took the train together. It honestly felt like it was our last night on earth. Would you agree, Maya? Like it was like- Yeah, it
0: It was was really really scary. And it was like weird because I mean, anyone like obviously we live in Chicago. So anybody who's ever ridden a CTA before knows. And it's like, it's pretty rare that like an entire train of people start talking to each other but I remember distinctly like on that ride like going north on the red line everybody in the car was like so quiet and people just kept asking like did you see like did you see like you know like people were checking their phones people were like oh god he's up again yeah, Like, it was just it was so weird And it was like very much like like the last day on earth sort of feeling but it was also very strange to feel like bonded in fear with the people around you like we were we were all collectively like freaking the fuck out and like it was very like tangible and I just remember like being on the train and like we were just sitting like in silence it was just it was very like unbelievable like
3: it was one of those moments that you're like this is like
0: not really happening I must be dreaming but sadly we've been in a nightmare for the past four years so
3: yeah I had a similar experience as well I remember my roommates and I um because I was we were also in college um, we decided to go to the communication school because in the communication school, there's like this gigantic TV where they broadcast everything. They hold talks there. They hold whatever. So they were holding an election night. So everyone was watching. And one of my roommates was like, we should go because either way, we will be witnessing history being made in real time, surrounded by like tons of other students. Like, I'm sure the energy is going to be crazy. And we were right because I felt like like, a sinking feeling that night. I also thought it was very strange, too, because I went to a very, like, privileged campus, like, very privileged university, and just seeing all of these, like, I don't, I'm, like, for a lack of a better word, just, like, white feminist liberal tears, because they were, like, oh, the woman is losing, and this is all because of, like, this is all because people are anti-feminist, and it's, like, no dude like this man literally stands for everything wrong with the world it's not just that people hate women it's like people hate like the people who are voting for him fucking hate everyone and they're fucking voting for like white nationalism they're not just voting against you they're they're voting against all of us voting against our entire future and i still kind of feel like that to this day
0: no i think that's such a good point like literally when I think too, after, after the election, I remember talking to like people that I went to college with and it was very much like very, so many white liberal tears. And I'm like, it's not like really a battle of like who's got it the worst, but like, come on. Like, I mean, in the end, I just feel like, yeah, it's really shitty. Like I think as an, as a woman, I was very devastated, but like, imagine like, I don't know, like the people who had like, it's not just their reproductive rights that are being taken away it's all of their rights you know so I mean it's I mean and it's a fucked up distinction to make because any sort of you know encroachment on our liberties is messed up and I'm not gonna get like weird and like be legal about it but like it's just it it was just it was devastating in like a lot of ways but I definitely agree with that like white liberal tear sentiment I felt that heavy and I was like y'all are scared imagine how scared i am my black ass is about to get sent back to Africa. exactly like I, don't, I like I don't
3: know anybody there yeah they can't help me. i don't speak that language What
4: am I yeah do? i had friends who were worrying
3: about like deportation and like you said like obviously we don't want to compare like sob stories and try to have this weird like i'm having it worse than you moment but it was just so interesting to see like Fucking everything crumble around us. <laughs> it was hard, dude. Nicole, was- where were you on that night?
4: So I was in London. I was studying abroad and we were sitting in the kitchen. There was like a shared kitchen in our flat and we had like a live stream on our laptops and it we like had a dinner and we were like watching it and I don't know, slowly the mood just kinda went like downhill as as we saw like the results coming in, but it was also a time difference. So I didn't stay up until like all the results came in. So I like went to bed and I was like, I need to go to bed. Like hopefully when I wake up we'll have like a first woman president, whatever. So I went to bed, but then I woke up and got the notification from like the New York Times or whatever that Donald Trump was elected president and immediately I just cried and I don't think I stopped for like 15 minutes and it was so weird because like all the like professors were like oh well like our study abroad students how are you guys feeling now that donald trump is your president well i'm like not like you guys have a better history of like politicians but like boris johnson (laughs) has entered the chat
3: he's
1: american (laughs) like why don't we talk about that he's from
0: jersey anyways
4: yeah, I was like, well, I'm not doing great, and I don't really want to talk about it, so. <laughs> See, I think, Nicole, you
0: you went after me, right? Like, you went to London after I did, or before? Because we were in I opposite semesters. After, yeah. Cause yeah, because you was in the fall, and here. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was there when he, like, announced that he was running, and everyone that I knew was, like, oh you're gonna vote for Donald Trump like how do you feel knowing that he's gonna be running for pr- like it was like they were making fun of us and like it is embarrassing to be American but like in that moment I was like there's and I kept saying to all of the friends I made over there I was like there's not a chance in hell he's gonna win it's like actually comical and now looking back on it I'm like so embarrassed because they must be like she's an idiot I it's <laughs> it's really wild to like be abroad with like that whole it obviously was like not nothing compared to election night but like having people be like, oh, you're American. And the first thing they would ask me about is Trump. And I'm like, I would just like write it off and I brush it off. And that's like how I acted about it until that night. I was like, oh, there's not a chance. Like, it's not gonna happen. Why am I even worrying about this? Like, surely, like the universe wouldn't deal us a hand like that, surely. But then 2020 happened. And I'm like, actually, I think what we're we're facing is like a mass extinction. The, The world is sick of our shit. And like, they want us to like, Be done like they're trying to do to us what they did to the dinosaurs, and I feel like it's kind of warranted. Like I don't know. Like I feel like we deserve to be extinct. Anyways, I agree with you. Is what I'm saying.
1: Miranda,
3: where were you on election night? (laughs) Oh my gosh,
1: Um, I was also still in college. Um, I was with all my friends, and I just remember watching the TV. And I think by the time I went to bed, like the polls were in, and it seemed like he was gonna win. And so, like, I went to bed, and I remember waking up the next day, checking, and just being like, wait, you're lying. Like, this is a nightmare. Like, no, let me just wake back up. Let me go back to sleep and wake back up. Um, And I remember the next day, like, on our quad, people had, like, a solidarity, I guess, stand. And, like, everyone was, like, holding hands around the quad, like, walking down the – when you were walking in class, like, there were signs, like, you're loved and everything, free hugs. Yeah, like, everyone, like, the whole mood was just – Rough, it was rough because my school's pretty. Why am I crying? I'm literally tearing up. Yeah, (laughs) it was devastating. It was, it was like there's just a group, (laughs) like a chain of people holding hands as you walk to class on the quad.
0: And at that point, I feel like in my mind, I probably would have been like, You guys are being so dramatic. Like, and in my mind, I was probably like, You know what? Yes, this is shitty. But he can't do to us what he thinks he can do to us. And looking like four years later, I'm like, he did all of he did everything he said he would do and more. Like he didn't just come for us. He like tried
3: to. I'm
0: I'm gonna say it. He tried to kill us. He.
3: I mean, he. It's crazy. Listen. The only positive thing I can say about this, I feel like I fully believe in my heart that if Bernie Sanders was running against Donald Trump, he would have won. But if if Hillary Clinton didn't win the Democratic vote, then we wouldn't have had melodrama by Lord. So, you know, we have to pay our respects to, to fate, to the That's universe. No 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 no. No, 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 no. If, if <laughs> Lena Dunham did not leave Jack Antonoff to help Hillary on the campaign trail, we would have no melodrama. We would have no Lord and Jack Antonoff moment to get, look back on. So, let's celebrate that. <laughs>
1: And now we're going to transition into a time of resources. Um, Oh, yeah. So we don't just want to talk about
0: voting and, like, tell you to go do it. We kind of want to give you um, ways you can learn more um, and some really important information because the dates um, that are important for this election are coming up. So obviously, Election Day is November 3rd. I think it's a Thursday. I don't know. It doesn't really Tuesday. matter. It's
1: always a Tuesday. Oh
0: yeah, Tuesday. It was The T days get mixed up for me. But whatever. So it's Tuesday, uh, November 3rd. Um, it's coming up super, super quick. Um, and I know just due to Corona and everything, a lot of people are going to have to uh, vote by, vote by mail. So the vote by mail dates are really, really important this year. And because the majority of the people we know are probably going to vote by mail. We wanted to share those deadlines with you that way. Um, In case you haven't thought about it yet, you kind of have the dates on your radar. So we have, I guess I'll just share the one for Kansas. Um, Kansas is my home state, and I'm not voting there this year. I'm actually registered to vote in Illinois this year, but um, I know we have a lot of listeners in Kansas. So the deadline to to submit your application for a mail-in ballot in Kansas is October 27th.
1: Cool. And so in Illinois, it's actually around the same time, it's October 29th, um, And that's the deadline to at least get a mail in ballot. Also, the deadline to register to vote in general is October 19th in Illinois. And if you for some reason forget or anything, you can also register to vote the day of election day when you walk into the polling places, you can register to vote and vote right there as well.
3: And then for California, the deadline to register to vote is October 19 if you want to do it online or by mail, but you can always go to the poll the day of November 3rd and register there. And in
0: California, you actually don't have to request a mail-in ballot. They'll just send one to you because once again, California is light light years ahead of the rest of us. Mm -hmm. So they're doing their real civic duty. And then we also just wanted to share Ohio because apparently have a lot of listeners in Ohio. So shout out <laughs> to Yay, people in Ohio. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, I guess. <laughs> um, so y'all's um, at deadline to submit your mail-in ballot application is October 31st. So Halloween. So those are just a few of the dates um, that we came across and wanted to share with you guys. If you want to know anything else, if you have any other questions, um, you can always... Uh, go online um, you can try google also vote.org and um what's it
1: democracy now
0: oh democracy
3: now yeah <laughs> so you can
0: go to any of those websites um Tori what was the one that you shared
3: vote dot com.
0: vote save america yeah so there's tons of resources out there they pretty much I mean they all say the same thing but um you have lots of options so we just want to encourage you guys to get out and vote
1: So you guys know that me and Maya are in grad school. We've done this for a couple of years now. I actually have not had a full-time job yet. Definitely a weird place for me being 24 and not having to pay a lot of bills. It's it's weird. I'm not ready to grow up. But anyway, we have Alyssa, Tori, and Nicole here going to give us some advice of what it means to be a real-life adult and having that work-life balance. So let's hear like their experience with in the workforce. And yeah, what do you guys have for us? I need, I need a lot of tips.
2: So I guess I'll talk a little bit about my path and um, having a nine to five job. So I did graduate college in 2019 with a degree in PR and advertising. Throughout my college years, I had five to six unpaid internships um, while in college were which were I guess they were great, but honestly, like if I have one piece of advice to anyone who's listening to this podcast, who's in college, do not do an unpaid internship in college. They are scams. They are basically you're basically an assistant for free. You're not doing any valuable work and you're not getting paid. Um, I will say I did have a lot of great experience. I just didn't think I don't think my time was worth it for the internships I had. Um, my first post-grad job that I'm still at actually right now. Um, I actually got from my old manager who I used to work with um, at my job place in college. Um, she referred me for the job. Um, basically, I am a front desk receptionist. I thought when I first got the job, it was going to be a two-year gig. Um, I thought I'd only be there for two years and then I would just kind of grow out of it and try and find a different job within the PR field or within the music industry. I will say right now, I actually do Love my job. Um, I love where I am. I love the company I work for. Um, I'm actually in the process of getting promoted now. Um subtle flex, but like whatever. Um oh, yeah, so, let's
3: celebrate that.
2: Um, I definitely didn't think where I would be um after college would I didn't think I would be a front desk um receptionist or in that field of doing kind of still like customer service. Um, but like I said, I love my job and I would not trade anything for the world.
3: Okay, Alyssa, I have a question for you. Um, You said that you currently love your job, but it's not in like the dream field that you thought you were going to be on post-grad. How do you stop yourself from comparing your work experience or your trajectory towards other people that you have gone to college with or like other friends?
2: Yeah, I will say when I first got my job, I just, and I will say I am still struggling with it now, Um, comparing myself to the people I went to school with or people I'm just friends with through social media, um, a lot of people I'm friends with are kind of in the field I want to be in. So it is hard to see that they're in the field I want to be in and they're thriving and they're doing all these great things. But I think um, just this year has taught me with the pandemic and everything that I should really value where I am today. Um, I definitely am very grateful. I am someone who still has a full-time job within the situations we are in right now. And I think that helps me kind of stop myself comparing myself to others. And I'm just kind of like, be grateful for what you have. And then, um, yeah,
3: that's kind of it. That's totally true. This sounds really like hippy dippy, but my mom always told me that you can't, you can't accept abundance into your life until you're grateful what you, for what you already have. So I feel like that's a really interesting point. You just got to be grateful that like you're paying your bills and you're doing Yeah, that exactly. Cool. Is it my turn? Okay. Hello, it's me. It's Tori. Um, I graduated college in December of 2018. I, Graduated a semester later than most of my friends. Um, I graduated with a bachelor's in communication and a minor in cinematic arts. Um, when I was in college, I, how many internships did I take? I had one unpaid internship and I had three paid internships while I was in school. Yeah, so my first unpaid internship was actually at a fashion publication because for the longest time I thought I wanted to be in fashion PR but then I had like a mental breakdown at one of their um, internship fairs and I just started crying to my mom on the phone and I was like mom I've made the wrong choice like I don't want to do fashion PR and my mom was on the phone she was like actually this is so great this is the best news and I was like I'm literally crying in the middle of the campus what do you mean this is great news Filipino parents like literally she was like well now you know what you don't want to do and now you can pivot to what you actually want to do So since then, I've taken internships. I took an internship at a um, YouTube and internet video company. And then I also interned at a movie studio, which no longer exists. Um, But through those experiences, I really found out that I wanted to be in the entertainment industry, but more specifically in film and in Development of movies. So basically, I just wanted to be that person that like would green light a project and kind of help find funding for it. So that was, that's my goal. And it still is my goal today. Um, But right now I'm working in social media for, um, for television shows, which is really interesting. And I kind of landed on this job on accident. I was unemployed for a long period of 2019. Long to me. Honestly, it wasn't very long at all. I was only unemployed for seven to eight months. But to me, that felt like so long. Um, I think part of it is like the immigrant mentality. My parents are second generation immigrants, but I feel like in our household, it's still very prevalent. I felt this need to be able to provide for my family as quickly as possible with as much discretionary money as I possibly could. So I put a lot of pressure on myself to find a great job Straight out of college. Um, So throughout that whole summer, I moved back to San Diego and subleased my apartment near my school. And I would come up to LA periodically to meet up with as many bosses as I could from like previous internships. I met up with a couple old professors that I really, really connected with. One of my professors gave me that internship at like the movie studio. So I would always come up and visit them and just like ask them for advice Um, but I ended up getting my current job by chance when I ran into an internet friend at a Shawn Mendes concert last year. Um, But I ran into her at the concert and we both had just, we ran into each other um, and I looked at her and said, I mean this sincerely, can we please meet up and get lunch? Because in, LA and I feel like anywhere really like if you're a 20 something when you say the phrase oh my god let's go get coffee oh my god let's go get lunch what that really means is that's code for I never want to fucking see you again ever goodbye um but I told her no I seriously want to hang out with you so the next week she h- called me up and was like hey I have a couple of friends from out of town coming up and they want to go to Universal do you want to come with us and it just so happened that I got my direct deposit back from my old apartment so I had extra money and I was like yes I will go with you and we were waiting in line for a Harry Potter ride, and she just asked me out of the blue. She was like, "Hey, are you still looking for a job?" And I was like, "Yes, yes, I am." And she was like, um, "Are you really into like Are you into like social media management? Like, is that kind of your gig?" And I was like, "Honestly, at this point, anything with a paycheck is my gig. So yes, I'm totally down." Um, and she gave me the contact info for her boss at the time, and then within the span of a month, I got the job that I'm currently at now. Um, I really love it. I really love the people that I work with. Like no one on my team is like over the age of 35. And I feel like that's really important because when I tell people I work at an office, they think I'm working at somewhere that's like super professional. And I'm like, no, I I show up to work in jeans back when we used to go to an office. And we all just talk about memes and how we can make that into something brand friendly. So I feel like we all share the same two brain cells and we're all just talking about the internet. Like even when Harry Styles came out with Lights Up last year, everyone on the Slack channel was like, "Harry Styles, Harry Styles, Harry Styles." So I felt very at home <laughs> there. But my biggest piece of advice would definitely just to keep your contacts. Like, don't try not to burn a, try not to burn bridges, um, because you never know who might connect you to something. Luckily for me, I had an internet friend who was always looking out for me, and now I'm just like eternally grateful and. I'm kind of paying that forward by whenever I find like job jobs that are opened up or like opportunities for my friends, I'll always refer them. So I feel like that's a great skill to have. Like, I know networking just sounds like such a pain and it has such a bad connotation, but just keep just keep your contacts open and like you never know what'll fall into your lap.
2: And then Tori, I actually do have a quick question for you. Um, obviously, we're all working through a pandemic right now. Um, I'm sure you are working from home. Um, As a social media manager, is it hard? Because I just think about social media posts and, like, you kind of keep up with the trends of today, the memes and everything. Is it hard to come up with content when you're not surrounded by your team physically? Like, is it hard to bounce off each other um, virtually or, like, do you guys have Zoom calls or, like, what's that process been like?
3: Um, it's really great for me because I feel like my team were very collaborative. So if we ever see like a funny meme but uh, like the show that we run an account for and us like it wouldn't work with their voice, we'll just send it and tag each other and be like, hey, this would be a perfect a perfect meme for your show. If you want to workshop it or if you already have ideas, you can just send it to them and everyone's just kind of grateful because in our mind it's like when One person does good. We all do good. And then the client still loves us and we still get our check. So it really is like that great kind of like familial bond. Um, I would just say like the hardest thing now is just the hardest thing was at the beginning of quarantine, everyone had a lot of a lot of the memes that were coming out were like super dystopian and negative. It was like, well, I'm about to like not unalive myself right now because there's no toilet paper and we don't know what's going to happen in a month. Um, but now that it's calmed down I feel like it's weird that now we can make funny cutesy posts about wearing your mask and like hand sanitizer where like five months ago they would have been like actually you're just putting weight way- you're talking way too much about pandemic we can't have that on our on our social feeds. Um, but yeah otherwise I feel like it's really collaborative and I, don't- I feel like I'm never running out of content.
4: So um, I graduated in March of 2018 with a bachelor's in public relations and advertising, Um, and I graduated actually a quarter um, earlier than kind of everyone else, so I thought it would give me a head start in trying to get a job, but that really wasn't the case. I didn't get my first, like, real full-time job until February of 2019, so it almost took me a year, but I did have two internships in between. I've always wanted to be in music PR, so I was really focused on trying to get like a job in that field. But I also was like, I need to be realistic because music PR isn't like the biggest thing in Chicago. Um, So I was like, let me try and get some like actual like agency, just like general PR experience, so I can have that once I'm like actually ready to look for opportunities in music PR. So both of my internships I got in between. Getting my first job were from a professor. I had this one professor that literally got me like every internship, would always write me like a recommendation. Um, So, going off of Tori's point, like really keep in contact with either your professors who are like well connected in the industry you want to be in, or just like your peers also in your classes, because a lot of them end up like in the same like positions as you. Um, So, I had an internship with I was sort of in the music industry right after I graduated um, for about three months. I was hoping to turn into a full time job, but it didn't. So then I had like a three month period where I was like looking for a job, kept getting rejected, like was running on in interviews. They kept telling me no. Um, so it was kind of a dark period in my life. Um, but then I got an internship kind of November 2018 that lasted until February 2019. Um, that was at a larger PR agency in the city and that one I got through my professor like I mentioned but also we had I had um, an authority sister that worked at that agency so that gave me a leg up too and I was hoping that would turn into a full-time job too because it was in the city and I was like it's in PR it's like ideal I was working with influencers so that was fun Um, but they were like no we don't have any open positions right now so then I got a message through LinkedIn, actually. So I guess another tip is keep your LinkedIn as up-to-date as possible um, from a recruiter that was like, hey, like, there's a PR agency in the suburbs that's looking for a PR associate position. Like, we you think you'd be a good fit? Like, can I set up a phone interview between you and um, the HR person at the agency? And I was like, well, I need to be my student loans, and I have no other prospects on the horizon. So like, I don't know, I'm not. it's not what I want to be doing, but... I mean, I'll give it a try. So I, like, went into this another and I was like, I'm, I'm being casual about this. I'm not going to take it. It's whatever. I'm doing this to see if I can get an opportunity out of it. And I'm still at that job now. I've been there for a year and a half. Um, it's a smaller agency, and it's focused on the franchising industry and PR. So it's, like, not the sexiest thing in the world. But um, it's given me a lot of good, like, experience in the industry and I just got promoted too so it's been nice (laughs) because it's been nice because I feel like smaller agencies it's easier to like get more involved quickly and then you can kind of start moving up but you're still kind of getting the same experience I think I would have if I stayed at that large PR agency that I was interning at So like, don't be afraid to kind of weave off your path a little bit too, is like my piece of advice. Like that was my whole thing. I was like, well, like I'm not doing what I wanna be doing but everyone will always tell you this, like it's fine if you don't get something immediately in the field that you want, like after you graduate, it's fine if it's not exactly what you think it's gonna be. Like everything sort of just helps build up your own like professional experience and it will help you down the line one way or another. Um, so that's really my biggest piece of advice.
3: I love it. Okay, Nicole, I have a question for you. Yeah. My question is obviously you've been working at this place for a year and a half and you just got promoted. Um, how do you deal with the fucking phrase? <laughs> Oops. Imposter syndrome. How do you deal yeah, how do you deal with imposter syndrome? I feel like yeah. I deal with it, but you probably deal with it on like a whole nother level. Yeah. Imposter syndrome
4: is real in PR because I'm talking to like people that are twice my age and are in like a CEO or like C-suite level positions. And they're like turning to me asking for advice. on like, how do we communicate this to our customers? Or like, what kind of campaign do you think we need to like help promote this? I'm like, I'm literally 24 years old. I'm fresh out of college. Like, do I know what I'm doing? No, I'm just making things out of my head. Like I don't really know. Um, So imposter syndrome is real. I don't ever really feel like I know what I'm doing. Like no one really knows what they are doing. We're all just going through the motions. (laughs) That's so true. That's like the most comforting thing ever. You're
3: like, no one knows what they're doing. So (laughs) don't think you have to.
1: Well, thanks for giving us a little, you know, little insight here I can't imagine having any of your jobs to be honest really I can't even imagine working myself I'm not ready to work 12 hour shifts but it's gonna happen ma'am I am tweeting
3: every day to get paid you're gonna go out there and save lives so it's fine (laughs) work your own path dude (laughs)
1: yeah good point good point well I guess Maya and I kind of want to talk about in this segment was just like what's it like having all adult friends who have full-time jobs while we're still in grad school grinding. And I will say it just sucks when you have to stay home on the weekends to study while all your friends are like out getting brunch or going to parties or birthday parties and stuff. I'm like, I'm sorry. I have two exams next Monday. I, I can't, I can't do it. Maya, what would you say your experiences with being in school while all your friends just work nine to five on the weekdays? I think I've thought about this a lot and I think honestly
0: law school is just a different flavor than a lot of other grad school experiences mostly because it is just so it's it's so evenly like divided between time spent studying and time spent actually getting the actual like skills that I need to like be an advocate and go to court so like it's not, for me, I think it's, our, our experiences are a little bit different in the fact that I feel like you study a lot, and I don't study a lot, I, like, work a lot. I work a lot, I'm, like, out, and, like, in my job a lot, like, for instance, today, like, I worked a full day, um, and I still do, like, other stuff, like, outside of just going to class. Like, class probably makes up maybe 30% of my obligations, and then not being paid <laughs> for other work makes up, like, 70%, and I mean, it, it is truly a grind. Like, it is, like, I... Listen, I will say it till the day I die. Like, my friends who are in... Who are working full-time jobs have it fucking so much easier. Like, being in grad school and, like, having to do all of that... Like, I couldn't even imagine going to, like, medical school. Like, I would lose my mind, probably. Like, it's just... It's so different and it's so demanding. And I feel like the biggest challenge in being in grad school and all of your friends are like just working full-time jobs is the fact that like for me like a lot of my stress comes from the fact that I'm juggling multiple things at once. So like I have maybe an exam <clears throat> on Monday, but I have court on Tuesday and I have a competition that weekend and I have, you know, like other motions and things due at work in between all of that. So like it's you have to switch gears a lot and switch modes a lot and that's where a lot of my energy goes. Like I have to be on Zoom from like, t- like 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then right at 3.30, I need to be at work ready to talk to my boss about the motion that we're working on. And then after that, I have to be home right at six to do like trial prep until the literal ass crack of dawn. So it's the switching modes is the thing that just makes me really exhausted. And it's something that I've tried to explain to friends that have full-time jobs and they just don't understand. Like They just don't get how like, it's not really each thing that I'm doing, like, each thing that I'm doing on its on its own will be stressful, but the fact that I have to switch between a bunch of different things um, is extremely stressful. It adds another layer to that, and I think that's something that's unique to law school. I, obviously, I've never been to another grad program, but I just feel like law school is really intensive in, like, hands-on stuff, like, from the jump. Like, I feel like in medical school and nursing school, you guys study a lot at first, and then you go and start doing your clinicals, and you start, like, actually, like, talking to patients and, like, going to a hospital. But with law school from the jump, like, you're in court. Like, if you're not prepared, you get filleted. Like, <clears throat> judges will straight up be like, I hope you never get barred. Like, I've heard that before. Like, it's it's messed up. So it's tough. There's, like, a lot of moving parts. This year specifically is extremely stressful for me. I'm about to take – the actually, the first part of the bar I'm taking in, like, a month. Um, and it's just all – becoming real and I don't think a lot of my friends like know how to address that I just I pretty much sent out a mass text at the beginning of the year like hey you won't be able to reach me for at least eight weeks that's just how it's gonna be sorry I'm not ignoring you but like I can't talk right now. Like I I don't even have time to school. Yeah. Well,
3: that's why we all went to New York. Yeah. Remember? Because you said at the end of last year, you're like, next year, my life is going to be hell. I'm going to be doing all this crazy stuff for grad school. This is my last time to have yeah. fun.
0: And it really, truly is. Like I haven't hung out. with I think last night I hung out with some friends. That was the first time since my competition season has started that I've actually like gone out and hung out with people and like done something. And it's, I mean, I kind of regret it because, like, I had to get up at 8 a.m. and go to work. Like, it's just, I mean, I don't know. It's intense, but I feel like I do envy my friends who are working full-time a lot. Like, I do envy that. I envy the fact that, like, and I'm not saying by any means that, like, working full-time is, like, a fucking cakewalk. Like, it's obviously (laughs) extremely hard. It's super taxing. Like, just being in the workforce is difficult. Um, But I do envy the fact that um, you don't have to juggle so many different modes all the time in most cases. You kind of just, like, get to go to work do your work, like leave. But I mean, in grad school, you don't even have the weekend. Like the weekend is like
1: <laughs> necessary for you to keep
0: up and not fall behind. So yeah, I feel that. That's the only thing.
1: Yeah. Wow. I didn't know there were all those moving parts in, in law school. Well, we're going to move on to a lighter subject now. Uh, that, just, that was intense though. I'm so sorry, Maya, but you will get through it. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, and it's cool. Like, if we ever need a lawyer, guys, you know where to go. (laughs) Not to me.
3: I'll refer you to a
1: friend. Not to me. Don't come to me with that shit. I I mean, I told
3: you, you, I'm not going to go to a lawyer who wears (laughs) fila's. So you're already axed, my dude.
0: Disrespect, bro. I went to I went to literally my job today in fila's. (laughs) What's going on with you? I went to I went to work in fila's in a big ass boot because I broke my ankle. And everybody's walking up to me, like, are you all right? Like, do you, like, need like, it? Anymore? Why are you
1: wearing filas? Like, are you all right? Like,
0: have you, did you make sure that, like, you didn't have your camera on Zoom? Like, did you make sure that your camera was turned off so, like, the judge didn't see you like that? Like, are you all right? Like,
1: it's a mess, truly. The judge, the judge saw your feelings and was like, don't ever be barred.
0: Yeah, then literally, the judge was like, I got your number. You're never joining the Illinois bar. You can kiss my ass. No, my judge is really nice. Uh, I hope he never li- I do hope he never listens to this though
1: so <laughs> all right we'll be on the DL. anyway now we're on to our debate we haven't had these in a little bit but this one's gonna be a little different because obviously we have five people here and we're gonna talk about something that bonds this friend group to the core one direction And I am so here for this. You know, I I might get roasted by my pick, but it's fine. It was random. Listen, Lisa
3: chose it for us.
1: So you got the short end. You're right. I did get the short end of the stick. But today we're going to- Don't feel bad
0: for her though, because she did.
1: She did feel the way she's about to say for a very long time. She's going to pass. We're not there yet. We are not even there yet. Okay save that energy for five more minutes. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start debating the best One Direction member. Um, you know, you probably already have someone in mind. We all have someone in mind. But first, we're going to start off with the one and only Louis Tomlinson and Lissa, who was a big Louis fan and called. In college, high school, I remember sleeping at her house. She had a cutout of Louie in her bedroom.
3: And I insert insert the boo here. who answer.
1: in this, who in this
3: chat had a cutout? Raise your hand. With <laughs> son Nicole. With <Lisa>, son Nicole. <laughs> Yikes.
0: But you know what? I did Make have sense. I had an entire, the back of my door. So I also grew up in an immigrant household. And yeah, I'm you're not, not allowed. allowed. No. I was not allowed. I wasn't allowed to left over any boy, let alone a white boy, let alone a British white boy. Like, my family would have lost their goddamn minds. Like, like, so on the back of my door, and my, like, I don't even know if my mom knows this, because she never really went to my room much, but in the back of my door my childhood bedroom was pasted. Just just giant, massive photos of, like, Zane's face of, you know, Joe Jonas, (laughs) Nick Jonas, like, and my mom would always be like, she, she loves to say this. She'd be like, if they ever, if they ever watching like, an award show or something, and one of those guys like One Direction or the Jonas Brothers came on, she'd be like, "Aren't those those little white boys you like?" That's my dad. <laughs> like, what do you like about them? I just don't understand. Like, why would you? He's so skinny. He's so little. What do you mean? And that accent. Like, she's just she roasts them harder than I ever could. them. I didn't have a cutout, but I did have an entire door dedicated.
1: Yikes! Yeah, I had a wall. We're not gonna all I had was, was a Tumblr feed. Literally-
3: so that's locked up you can't see anything anymore except right now in my room i do have a harry styles poster so
1: that's that um lissa let's hear what you have to say about louis honestly i don't really know much about this kid he was my least favorite so let's hear it all right
2: if you know me you know louis tomlinson i wrote for that man i would die for that man he is my favorite um Chris is looking at me right bye. now. I'm still. So, we're still recording. Leave yeah, me alone. Me. That's so disappointing. I thought you um,
1: were talking about oh, Chris. Chris. I hate this the podcast. I hate to <laughs>
3: break it to you, Chris. That's so sad. He really thought he Chris, had. you the number two oh. man in Lissa's life. I'm so
2: sorry. Um, he can't hear you. The headphones. Um. But anyways, as I, before, I was really interrupted. Um, I'm going to name two reasons why I think Louie is the best member of One Direction. And I know everyone's already rolling their eyes. They're like kicking back. They're not going to hear me out. No, listen, his harmonies, One Direction would be nothing without those vocals. I will, I will be the first to admit him solo doesn't cut it for me. Have I listened to a solo album yet? Absolutely not. Um, but I will <laughs> say you try listening to What Makes Beautiful and No Control Without his vocals, they're nothing. And you guys can't tell me anything differently. Secondly, I will say his comedic relief in One Direction really added to the band's personality, I would say. You can't watch an interview. You can't see a live show of theirs without dying of laughter from his sense of humor. And I stand by that. But that's all I have for now for time. I have more reasons, but because we're on a strict time limit, that's all I'm gonna keep it at. Go ahead, roast me.
1: I have no words. I feel like you just roasted I mean, where yourself. where does
2: one even begin?
0: I don't know that we even have enough time allotted to just to address what you, the the travesty that just but came out. I'm not oh, wrong.
3: Yes, you are, Lissa. You're very definitively wrong. The like, only re- okay, he has a recognizable voice in the same way that Camila Cabello and Fifth Harmony had a recognizable boy voice.
2: Don't do that!
3: Ah, no! No! I said what no! That, no! I said. No! What no! I, said no! I cannot no! keep a tune. No! Oh my god! Bad. Wow.
1: We just started. We've only been one member, and we—they're <laughs> getting is this. The just- roast, I'm, of hurt. Lisa? Hurt. I'm
2: hurt.
3: We are roasting, Lissa. Roast. We're,
1: no We're, <laughs> like We're roasting, roasting Lissa Now that one. I'm hurt. <laughs> Anyway, let's just move on. Like I feel like Lissa said enough. We've said enough. You guys already get it. Like Louis is not the best. Anyway, let's hear from next. We have Zane, who honestly he has some good points. So let's That's
0: hear. That's Zaddy right there, Zaddy with a Z. Shout out to uh, ZG, the new baby. Um, just just <laughs> drop, just drop Earthside. Love Congratulations, love you. I'm really, really excited about your future. You're probably going to be a gorgeous baby. Um, let's talk about Zayn Malik, my Capricorn king, my little, my little British delight. He is everything. First of all, he is definitively. I think I'm not gonna. When I talk about One Direction, first of all, I'm I'm talking about One Direction minus Harry Styles. We'll get to that later, but just stay with me here. I'm not talking about any. I'm not. I'm not talking about Harry. Zayn Malik is the only reason that One Direction was able to last for so long his vocals without Zayn One Direction could have never been he he brought the swag he brought the sex appeal he made it so that i wasn't ashamed to like One Direction because he was in One Direction like without it it's just a little cluster of like pasty little white boys like singing about love that they've never received and i just feel like Zayn brings something extra, he brings that flavor, he brings that fire, and he honestly has continued to do that in his solo career. I would like to um, turn everyone's attention to I Don't Want to Live Forever, Fifty Shades Darker, would have never topped the box <laughs> the box office like it did without that song. Come on, like, you, you just, you can't, you can't Definitely. deny it. He has an undeniable swag, his undeniable, like, Charisma, all of his solo music, I think has been pretty good. Does it have longevity? Probably not. That's a different topic. But it all hits. He is arguably the most talented member of One Direction. And honestly, like, when he left, at the time, I didn't support it. I cried. But when he left, he did the right thing. Because he needed to cut that dead weight. One Direction is dead weight compared to Zayn Malik. I just, like, there's, you can never say, like, you could never... You could never tell me I'm wrong cuz I'm not. Like he is the most talented. He's obviously the hottest. Again, we're not talking about Harry Styles. Please do not come in the comments saying some bullshit. I mean, he's the hottest. He's the most talented. You know, he's got a baby now. He's starting a family. He's dating a supermodel. Like Zane just is that guy. And I'll ride for him to the day I die. Till I till as long as I got air in my lungs. Yeah. You no, know, Zayn Malik has at least one fan on the planet Earth, because I would I would give up a lot for that man. I, I truly yeah. would. I truly would. And I'm ready to embarrass myself. I don't care. Like I love him. Like oof, just looking at him, I'm like oof. It just sends a chill down my spine. I don't know. Anyways, that's me on Zane.
1: Oh, you're done. <laughs> okay, that that was a lot. <laughs> There's a lot to take in right there. Um, can we talk about the fact that? I'm honestly just speechless. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) You
0: can't roast him.
1: I know. No, no, no. no. There is no flaw.
0: There is no flaw. You're looking for one. No, there is a flaw. Except for the fact.
3: Yeah. Sorry. There is a flaw, and it's on his body. It's that tattoo that was originally of Perry Edwards that is now shape-shifted to Gigi Hadid.
2: How about some play? Shout out to my ex. How dare you?
0: How dare you? In the end he did the right thing. He put his baby mama on his body. I respect that. Okay,
1: so now it's time for Liam. you know I got the short end of the stick here. I will say I was a Liam girl back in the day but I also was a hairy girl and a zane girl. I switched I switched you know I had it was seasons, flavors. It's called like, fertility Work it today? up <laughs> who am I in for the bad boy and for the you know Harry Styles cute different cool guy Anyway, Leah though. Liam just pre-solo career we're talking Liam Payne pre-solo career I do not want to speak about Liam Payne 2015 and above okay so that's not fair so. that's not fair
0: <laughs> that's not fair after the disgrace that he put out that's not fair you don't get to cherry pick you don't want to talk about it although all. we
2: are fighting with the best member mm, of One yeah. Direction, not the best
1: solo member you're just mad and because best Louis best. can't sing shut up Anyway, back to Liam and why he was the best. I feel like he was like, okay, I'm I'm about to get some crap for this. But I feel like he was the head of the group. I feel like he was like, okay, I know people are like, what? Like, Harry Styles. No, 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 no. But I feel like Liam was kind of just like the glue. Like, he got along with everyone. He was that guy, if that makes sense. Like, he was the one who was cool with everyone in the group and he just seemed like the most personable out of all of the 1D members. Like Liam seems like, like for me, he seemed like the nice guy that could take me out on a date and who would treat you well. I would not say that's Liam pre um His lyrics would disagree. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna talk about strip that down for me. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about Liam Bain, who dated Danielle Pizer who is a background dance? She was a dancer on, was she on X Factor? Whatever. doesn't matter. A throwback on X Factor. Liam also gave me hope that I could remember a member of One Direction because Danielle was mixed. She was half black, half white. So I was like, oh, I have, I have a chance. I have a chance. So I will say Liam's the best because he was the glue of the group. You know, the one who got along with everyone. And he was also that nice guy who
3: could be interested
1: in other races she scraped the bottom no, I, okay no, no 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 give reasons. her points
3: though it's like liam and Louie were like the songwriters for for a minute you know so they wouldn't have bops without them i guess whatever mm-hmm.
1: period all right no no one has anything else to say that's what i thought
2: i will say also liam for a hot minute was like the justin timberlake of the group like everyone thought he was going to be the big. Look, solo at, JT
3: look at JT now. Look at JT now. Yeah, that
1: cowboy <laughs> phase. Yikes. Anyway, um,
0: I just feel like I'm just so disgusted by the fact that you would advocate for that man. And I don't really think we have time to get into the, really the specifics, but just know that I look at you differently. There's
3: just something about his haircut, personally, that just sends my f- f- fight or flight. Into maximum mode. Something about that fade that I'm like, he d- he disrespects women. I have a feeling. I have an inkling. <laughs> he disrespects women. You can tell. You
0: can tell. You can tell if a man doesn't respect women by the barber he goes to for sure. And you know him and his barber sit in the freaking chair together, chopping it up, talking about all the tail that they got over the weekend, like. Well, he also dates
1: cougars that's just a no it's a no yeah, he go he does have a child with like a 35 year old the woman. liam fans are gonna find this podcast and they're gonna
3: his send child's name is I hope they
1: do. His, they got worms in the brain i hope now they this do this is liam in one direction we're not gonna talk about liam now he's a different person i don't know that man never seen that man in my life sorry to this man i hate to say it sorry to this man <laughs> okay let's hear um next is the uh, nile let's hear nicole
4: yes <laughs> <laughs> where do i start well first of all i'll die on every hill defending nile and getting him the respect he deserves because he does not and i think he should anyway um Let's just talk about how he's had the best glow-up out of every member since the start of One Direction. Like, no, Harry. Just, like, Harry, no. Nope, no. nope.
0: No. No.
4: No. no. no.
0: Harry um, Harry had a glow-up. No. Harry turned into a metrosexual walking god. Like, are you joking?
4: I'm gonna fight you on that Maya because Harry was always the one that everyone loved and everyone thought he was cute but like no one really thought that about Niall but like look at Niall now he's hot like let's be real <laughs> and also his vocals have gotten way better like let's not talk about his X-Factor audition because that's tragic I'll admit that but compared to now, like his vocals have gotten so much better and obviously his songwriting has gotten a lot better like he wrote Cross Your Mind which is Easily one of the best songs of 2020. Like, thank you very much. um Second, I honestly think he is actually the glue that's like with every member of One Direction. He has the best relationship with everyone. He like gets along with everyone, even outside of One Direction. Like, he's like friends with every single person. Everyone says that he's like the nicest, coolest dude. Like, I think he's just like genuine and down to earth. Like, I think he's the most out of all of them. If I'm being honest, so that's my argument there. You no, know,
1: I can agree with those points, especially the genuine part. But I will say he has looked the same since 2010.
2: <laughs> no, no do you remember his ten, braces? Niall. Do you remember those teeth?
3: Okay, other than I'm that sorry, I Niall, think, if you're listening to know. this, you're not.
2: But he definitely had the best globe just because of his teeth.
3: Hashtag love it, Niall sing.
1: Also, I think him playing the guitar, like he really brings bonus points to the group because he's the one who could actually play an instrument in One Direction.
3: That's true. None of no, none of them could play an instrument, right? Is that wasn't right. that the thing? Yeah. Yeah, guitar. So last
1: but not least, we have the one, the only metrosexual king. <laughs> Harry Styles. Let's let's hear it, Tori. Alright,
3: so obviously we know Harry's influence. We saw the JW Anderson cardigan everywhere. He's inspired millions of influencers. Let's think of Brittany Broski. All these other girls who are claiming their TikTok money. He's inspired them. But if we're going to just talk strictly in the group, let's talk about this man and how many tattoos people around the world have probably gotten because of him. The giant, what is it, butterfly chest piece? Um, all these other crazy tattoos. I actually don't know how many tattoos that man has, but I vividly remember when, when we were in high school, people would buy sweatshirts with like the exact placement of his tattoos. God that, God, that fucking influence! I want, I want what he has. You know, I want millions of people to copy me and my every move. All right. So as I was saying, Harry Styles, we've all kind of accepted is just superior. Period. And I don't really have much to say. He brought as much charisma as Zayn. He brought the vocals. He brought everything for us. He brought the humor on stage. That man has stage presence for years and years and years. And that's it. I don't really have to defend him. He can defend himself. Well, anyone have anything to add? Exactly. Nothing to say. Nothing to add. Because you know I'm right. Honestly, yes. Harry
1: Styles will always... He is that bitch. He'll always be that bitch.
3: Harry Styles, if you're listening, because you're not, <laughs> hit us up. <laughs> Let's interview you. Please. Thank you. I mean,
1: this debate was kind of weak because we all have disagreeing points of views. Um, but I think you can all tell, at least, we do come together to agree that Harry Styles is superior in many ways. But, you know, I'll still ride for, for Liam. I'll still ride for Leo. <laughs> That's
3: called loyalty. Of my
1: pride. Anyway, it's up to you guys. You decide. You let us know who you think is the best member of One Direction. And if you never listened to their music, what did you think based on our debate of who's the best? Let us know um, on our Instagram at one more thing pod. And yeah, make sure you guys follow us for more information. We'll, we'll for sure give you guys information about voting resources And make sure you go out and vote this November. Thanks for listening, guys.